podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Towards Gabbiadini! Oh, he's hit the post and he's gone in! And one shot treated Manchester United's defence with absolute contempt. Here's Bayano, give and go with Sturridge, that's lovely! Tommy Smith, hello for Russia! That's going to be that! It's John Bond, it's Pearson, it is 1-0 to Derby County! Chris Collins, Melton! Hello everybody, welcome along to Steve Bloomer's Washing, the Derby County podcast. My name is Chris Parsons, thanks for joining us once again for episode 11 with one man who's fighting sleep deprivation after staying up for the ashes, Richard Kutcher. Hello. And another man who's been dragged off his sick bed, he's passed a late fitness test. Tom Martin. Raring to go. Still alive? <laughs> Just about. That's great to hear. The seventh place Rams, uh, they face what could be a pivotal run of fixtures in the next few weeks with playoff rivals Middlesbrough, Ipswich and Villa all coming up, as well as another return for Nigel Clough and his relegation-threatened Burton side, who, let's not forget, took four points off Derby last season. But speaking of pivotal, you two... Who Ramai is currently on a knife edge. I know. 5-3 for the season. Big comeback from me at the moment. Tommy, looking over your shoulder? Definitely. This is typical of me. I normally start like a steam train and then fade away. So you're coming back, Enough, enough about your personal life. <laughs> <laughs> so here's this week's or this episode's clue. I made 61 appearances for Derby County between 2008 and 2010. That's 61, 08, 10. Any initial thoughts there? It's one of the raft of Paul Jewell signings post-Premier League, isn't it? Yeah, uh, two, 2008-2010. So that was Paul Jewell's signing, right? Because it was... Yeah. 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 Okay, a few ideas. Yeah, there's a few, there's a few horror okay. shows in there. Okay, keeping yeah. it under your hat for now, yeah. like to see. Yeah. Uh, so Derby's still, you know, they're still very much in the promotion mix, aren't we? Um, picked up four useful points in the last week in a one-all draw at Fulham and a 2-0 home win over QPR on Tuesday. Uh, Matthew Vidra's ninth goal in all competitions and Tom Lawrence finally breaking his duck. That's great to see, wasn't it? Helped Derby see off QPR on Tuesday night. Kutch, it wasn't QPR first. It wasn't pretty, was it? But we got the job done and that's all that matters. Yeah, definitely in this league. It's, I know it's a bit of a cliche, but um, <clears throat> if you get the three points, it doesn't matter too much. I mean, particularly in the Championship, you do, how, how many times have we seen those kind of games throughout the season, whether we're doing well or doing badly? There's always those games which are just pretty much nothing events and uh, you know just a, a one goal might win it for either side so you saw the um you've seen the goals yeah talk us talk us through both let's relive them now so uh, obviously Vyman obviously back back in the team and uh obviously one thing we know he's good at is he's good at running fast in straight lines <laughs> <laughs> so can't that dispute was, that they put him down uh, down down the wing and um yeah I think it was great to actually see a, a final third ball uh, actually work from from Vyman and to set up Vidra for a relatively easy tapping. Not of quite so often we see him getting that position and then and then just kind of play it two yards too far in front. But yeah, great great support play from Vidra to get in the box and, and to tap it in. It was a good good counter attack goal. He looks an absolute mile off to me, Vyman. I, I, I can only so? assume that one of the QPR centre backs was playing him on or something, and he bent his run a bit, didn't he? Yeah, which yeah. wasn't really caught on camera, but obviously Huddleston picked him out with a great yeah left footed ball. 
And uh, yeah, look, I was just waiting for the flag to go up. Yeah. <laughs> you can aim place to the whistle, can't you? And uh, yeah, it was a good counter-attacking goal, wasn't it, Tom? Yeah, it's a good job it didn't go up because that first half was pretty ordinary from both teams. Um, oh my goodness, it was like, horrific. Yeah, terrible. Like God, it's a cure for insomnia. It's horrendous <laughs> stuff. I was asleep, so it didn't bother me at all. But um, but yeah, I just think um, I think it's good that Obviously, Vidra and Vyman uh, working well together. And then uh, excellent that Tom Lawrence has finally scored. I felt he had one moment of magic in the game before at Fulham, which obviously created a wonderful goal for Vidra. Uh, and then to score that goal, excellent stuff. It was a really tidy finish, wasn't it, Kutch? The second yeah, goal. it's kind of like when he's coming in from that left-hand side onto his right foot, it's kind of reminiscent of how often Tom Lawrence used to do that from the right-hand side onto his left foot. And that's a really, really great weapon to have in the team. And he's we, he, he's tried that, that move and that shot so many times. And he has come close already this season. So... For one, finally, to bury in the bottom corner. Hopefully, that bodes well for the rest of the season. Gives him confidence to, to keep making those keep making those attempts. I think uh, you've got to win your home games. It's the old cliche, isn't it? Win your home games, draw, or pick something up away. Um, QPR, I watched earlier on in the season. I think I mentioned it on a previous podcast. Um, I went to see them play Sheffield United, and they beat Sheffield United. Um, I wasn't particularly impressed with them. They weren't great going forward. Didn't create much. Um, They've been Wolves this season, haven't they? QPR. Yeah, they they kept they look fairly solid at the back and like quite well organised. But I don't think they were that good, and I don't expect them to be anywhere other than where they currently are. In they, the they offered abs- they offered absolutely nothing, sort of ambition wise, and it was quite clear from 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 the outset that it was almost like a sort of attack versus defence game where we just had to concentrate be patient and breaking them down and just make sure we didn't leave the back door open. And I think, I think, we almost did once or twice, but they basically didn't really trouble us. And I think Reading aside, we have looked, the Reading game aside a few weeks ago, we have looked pretty solid, but you know, those kind of games we can, although it takes a while to break teams down, we don't look like we're going to get undone so quickly on the counter-attack like we have been done under previous managers. Um, so you feel like it might take us a bit longer to break teams down because we're not committing as many men forward, we're not as flair and creative. But we have still got a solid base, so you know that you can, you can be patient and be confident we'll get a 1-0 or 2-0 in, in those situations. It did sort of ignite the uh, the old sort of style versus substance debate after that game, didn't it, Tom? Because yeah. we're not massively pretty to watch at the moment, but we're sort of resilient and functional and pragmatic. Is that all that really matters at the moment? I think at the moment, it yes. Um, we keep saying between ourselves and also on this podcast that... Um, we haven't seen the best of Derby yet, and I still firmly believe that. But I still don't know what the best of Derby is. Like, what does that actually mean? Under the McLaren team, uh, sorry, in the McLaren era, we knew what that meant: rampaging fullbacks, fast counter-attacking uh, stuff, box-to-box midfielders, uh, big strikers sticking it, sticking the ball in the net. What is that for Valor? I don't know. It's difficult to see, but we're picking up points in useful situations without playing brilliantly. Um, and it's not pretty and it's not fun to watch, even when we have scored four or five, like Hull, for example. Um, I'd prefer to have three points than an excellent one all draw when one team has a shot on target in the 90th minute that goes in the bottom corner. Uh, which I mean, you, you, say that, you, you say that we haven't, been, uh, we haven't been at our best yet, which is a point worth making because... We talked in a previous episode, didn't we, about how we have ridden our luck mm. in uh, in the seven match unbeaten run. <clears throat> Opposition, the opponents had sort of two or three decent penalty shouts, and again at Fulham, I mean, me and Tom were there, weren't we, at the cottage, and yeah. we were just, you know, in the away end in the second half when you could see Fulham attacking at the other end. You, you don't really get that perspective on the game, do you? Which is always one of the annoying things about going to away games. But you know, the amount of times Fredericks was getting in behind down the right behind Forsyth, I was just, and you know, fizzing it across the box yeah. time yeah, and yeah. again. 
credit to Derby, they defended incredibly well, but it seemed we were sort of flying on by the seat of our pants a little bit. Do you know what I mean? I don't think Forsyth was particularly good against uh, Fredericks on Saturday, um, but as a, a unit, I think we defended well again. And their manager, Yukanovic, uh, isn't it? He yeah. said after the games, I've never seen a team put so many crosses in across the box and not finish one. So fine, but. Again, we only conceded two shots on target, which if you remember we talked about the Brentford game, we said they, they had 84% possession. Um, they only had two shots on target in that game. We're obviously defending really, really well. Mm. And that's the basis for a Vowett team at the moment. And I was a bit higher up than you, Chris, and I, so I had a bit better perspective. Even when they went down the wings, that I wasn't, I didn't think they were going to score. It didn't look like they were going to score. Uh, and I said to the guys I was yeah, with, I "Yeah, more confidence than me." <laughs> and there, there is an art in defending those situations when he, when balls get put across the box. It's often, as you said, Tom. We've seen it happen at other away games um, where we've conceded lots of space on the on the wing and kind of invite them to put the ball in the box because we believe that Davis and Keogh etc. will will deal with it and be in the right position to cut them out or shepherd the opposition players away from it. So maybe it's just a it's a. Cons- you've got to make a concession somewhere when you defend and, yeah. and conceding, that, conceding those areas knowing we can deal with what comes from them Yeah, yeah. Shout, yeah. Out, shout out to Chris Baird on that front because they had a particularly dangerous cross which looked like it was just going to be stuck in the corner didn't yeah. it and Baird made, Baird-inio, uh, yeah. made a heroic header mm. from under, underneath his own crossbar uh, yeah I thought I thought Baird played really well um, and we didn't miss wisdom the one difference I'd say between um, Saturday and previous games where we've talked about the conceding the, the wide plays um, we've talked about having four centre-backs with our two big tall strapping full-backs to, to head the ball clear. We didn't really do that or have to do that against Fulham. The ball flashed across the box. So it's quite interesting. Did Fulham not have a striker to put the ball in the bo- uh, in the net or did we manage to block them off somewhere? I don't quite understand how it happened and even watching the highlights, lots of sort of semi-dangerous, I'll put the ball in the right area and hope for the best kind of thing. But um, I I thought it was, we didn't play particularly well against Fulham uh, at times, but I thought it was one all comfortable and I thought we could have nicked it if we'd have shown a bit more desire we're in the mix though aren't we and that's the main thing so I've crunched some numbers just to look at a bit of perspective and uh, you know how the season might shape up from here on in he's got his geek on <laughs> have, you got, have, you got a, have you got a crunch jingle? I'll never take it off mate <laughs> have, you got, have you got a crunch jingle like, <laughs> I should have haven't I yeah I just, I just did it that was it that was it episode 12 just <laughs> well basically what I did was um, you know looked at how many points per game it takes to finish sixth on average in the past five seasons. Um, so overall, the average points per game to finish sixth is 1.61. And Derby's, uh, so that includes... So what last what season, does that total out to? 74? So that is... Uh, so last season, you uh, the points per game to finish sixth was 1.74 because yeah. the team that finished sixth got 80 points. Blimey. Then the season before that, it was 1.6. The team finishing sixth got 74 and so on and so on and so on. You'll notice in there that there's a 68. That's mm. when Leicester finished sixth on 68 points. Right. Ridiculous, isn't it? But anyway, the, the bottom line is that Derby are currently on 1.70 points per game. So that's 29 points from 17 games. So, you know, we're, we're, we're ticking along. High we're in the mix. Yeah. We're in the conversation. But we are sort of, <clears throat> excuse me, we are sort of numbers-wise, Kutch. But, I mean, no one's really been that convinced by the performances massively this season. Yeah. I mean... Do you think we're genuine promotion contenders? I think we're definitely playoff, definitely top six contenders. And then once you're in the, I don't think we're top. I don't think we're top two contenders, to be honest. Um, although there's other than Wolves, I think it's pretty open mm. after after Wolves, and they're not miles away. Um, I mean, as you said, as you look at those statistics, the current run we're on, the form we're on, would would 
four out of the last five seasons we'd finished in the top six. And I think we can. I think we can be quite optimistic and almost expecting that we will finish in the top six. Because I think, as we keep saying, there's more to come. And you hope that if Gary Rowett has got the trust of the players, which he seems to have, there should be further improvements during the season if people stay fit. I think we're definitely contenders for top six. I'd be disappointed if we didn't finish top six. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if we if we didn't finish top six because I think there's, it's still very open. But I think, I mean, even under Billy Davis, in that season, it was never pretty. Uh, lots of 1-0 wins, even more so than this situation. Um, maybe we looked more solid, I don't know. Did you think, was it was it predictable we are going to keep winning all those games throughout that season? I think most of us thought we were going to drop off at some point. Yeah, I think so. And going back to this season, like obviously with Billy Davis, I think I, we were going to drop off. But going back to this season, um, I like the way we're going about it because we're very much understated. Uh, the media aren't talking about us as like a, a, a big team at the moment. Uh, they're talking about the sort of flashy signings at Wolves, for example. And the, It's the nice that, isn't it? Because they yeah. have been talking about us for the past three or four seasons. And, yeah, it's quite nice that we're sort of going about... <laughs> Under the radar, yeah. Winning, winning games here yeah. and winning games there. The thing I'd like to, to see, actually, and we've talked about how solid we've been, is to, to sort of stop the silly little errors that have crept into... To games like the Fulham goal, I thought was avoidable. I thought Carson should have done better. Yeah, going a... back to Brentford, I thought that goal shouldn't have. Like, we shouldn't have been conceding that. You look at it, one all, game. both of those, both of those ga- uh, results, good results. Arguably, we were a bit lucky, but equally, they could have been six points, not two points. I think what's most frustrating is even if we lost to Reading two one rather than was it four two in the end, it was yeah. disgraceful. Um, even if we still lost that game, it had been closer and less error error filled. Um, I think we'd still there'd still be a massive wave of optimism because of the run we've been on. I think that 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 horror show against Reading has really kind of maybe not for the players because they've put in two decent performances and two decent results in the last week. But you know, I think for the fans that really put brought people back down to earth again. And it was really demoralising, wasn't it, Chris? That Reading game. Yeah, we went. It was it was horrendous. And if you're going to get top six or top two, you can't do that at home against a team which is in struggling in the bottom half. Shows the importance of Keo, Chris. Definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it also shows that on the plus side that we have come out of that 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 yeah. horrendous result and picks up four points in those two games, which shows that hopefully it's a blip. Yeah, yeah. Um, the bounce back ability of Derby County. <laughs> Who was it that coined that phrase? Ian Dowie, wasn't it? All those years ago. <laughs> was it Ian Holland? No, it was Ian Dowie. Wasn't it was Ian it? Dowie, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Keeping on the numbers theme, the gate was really low against QPR, wasn't it? Derby's lowest home league attendance. In three and a half years, yeah, uh, twenty three two nine six, I think it was twenty two eight five three. Uh, no, that was oh, the that was, that was the previous one. Oh, sorry. Um, I mean, you can have a lot of tedious arguments about attendances, can't you? Do, do, do you read much into it? I mean, why do you think it's happening, I, Kutch? Can, I, I think on. I think um, without wanting to get political, I think the economic situation probably doesn't help. You know, um, budget week and everything, inflation outstripping wage growth. I think something like Derby probably struggles with that. Um, and I think probably our attendances have been very strong in the last three years and maybe it's just a reaction this is maybe one season where fans go alright I've shelled out for a season ticket or a certain number of match tickets during a season I don't think it's people becoming disillusioned with Derby at all I just think it's probably a natural cycle of a few people having a year off maybe yeah. from spending so much it's part money. of it the style of play Tom do you think? <clears throat> um, if it was off in yeah. the league I think we'd be having 30,000 a week sure but I, I think yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe I went to the Birmingham game earlier in the season. Uh, it's the only time I've been to the home game this year. Um, just obviously because of travelling and stuff. Um, it wasn't very interesting, and the South Stand was as flat as I've ever seen it um, when we were there. So 
yeah, possibly. But I actually think it's something different. We did the, I don't know if you saw the BBC did the uh, price of football about a week or two ago. Oh, yeah. And it said the yeah. lowest ticket that Derby provided was 15 quid. And historically, I used to be able to buy one of those 15 quid tickets fairly simply. But um, nowadays, I, I don't see them for any of the home games. So they must go extremely quickly. Or they've only got a very, very small number of them. Um, and it's 30, 35 quid for a home ticket. And it's it's expensive. You can't afford it. When you factor in the fact of travel and a couple of beers and some food and stuff, you're looking at 100 quid a day if you don't live in Derby. Um, and if you go to away games, you're looking at like a lot of money on top of those away games too. And we obviously tend to go to away games. So going to home games, it's out of the question at the moment with finances. I don't think the style of play really washes, mainly because Derby's previous lowest league attendance of uh, 22,853 mm. was for a 1-0 home defeat to Millwall in March 2014. So at the end of that first McLaren season when we yeah. were playing sort of swashbuckling yeah. football and we steamed into the, play- into the playoffs yeah. and we were swatting teams aside and scoring a lot of load of goals. So uh, that sort of, um, that doesn't really back up that theory, does it, Kurt? Yeah, that's really no. odd, that's really odd timing, isn't it? Because that's probably done the best football we've played at Derby for about in the last 10 years, is that, yeah. that period. Maybe they had time travelling things and they could see that we were going to lose to Millwall, <laughs> which no one wants to see. <laughs> Yeah, that's just, I don't remember that result. Actually, that's an awful result considering yeah. how we're playing. Um, was it Tuesday? That was a Tuesday night. No, game. Saturday. No, no, Saturday. It was a Saturday game. game yeah. yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I, I think I think it's probably a combination of just economic cycles and probably not a great, you know, and, and the cost, yeah. you know, cost of going to football matches. It's not cheap. <laughs> I think I think if we were top of the league, I think we would be getting thirty thousand a week mm. uh, at Pride Park. Um, but a combination of economic and kind of uh, a couple of disappointing seasons or frustrating seasons is probably con- contributed but I, I, just, I wouldn't be worried about it I would just say that we had a radical model for uh, home get tickets a few years ago of this like aeroplane style ticket thing where it was cheaper when it was not in demand Yeah, I don't see that at the moment they I don't see an, in, an incentive yeah. of getting fans into there when aeroplane style do you mean they were get cheaper. a seat at the back with loads of leg room and no. No, I mean in terms of like the um, reaction. Come on, it's called it's like reactionary pricing. Yeah. So when there's a surge in demand, the prices go up. And when yeah. there's not much demand, the prices come down. It's like it right, up only, to, right up to kickoff. Get, only... get drunk in the aisle and pass out. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just a big side of planes. It's definitely not called airplane pricing. <laughs> it was a demand joined the Mile High Club in the back of the South Bank, Chris. <laughs> Let's on on that note. Let's turn to let's turn back to let's turn back to on the field. Matters. Uh, Joe Ledley's been good, hasn't he? Yeah. Uh, missed him. Uh, missed him in the Reading game. It, who's he's played? What eight games? Yeah. The only one he hasn't played is when we got Trapped. when we got pumped four two at home by Reading. He, does so he, has, he hasn't lost. Has he not lost the game yet? Is he still unbeaten then? Yeah. Yeah. So he's still unbeaten in the Derbyshire. We definitely have to sign him then in general. We have to get him for the rest of the season. I mean, it's testament then. to how well he's done, isn't it? That he was only meant to be a stopgap signing till January, but he's played fewer than ten games. We're already talking about extending his contract. I really like him. Um, obviously, love the fact he's got a good chant uh, as well. I'd like a good chant about a, a, a fan's favourite. Um, I think he does the the stuff that people don't really want to do: the win the ball, give it two yards square to someone who's slightly better. Um, and I really respect that. I think he's been fantastic. He covers a lot of ground in the midfield. Not a player that you necessarily notice over ninety minutes, but yeah, definitely. He's got a, he's got a good touch on him, you know, like decept- deceptively so. You yeah. don't really notice it, but against QPR when we were two 0 up. 
Lawrence sort of careered towards the area and uh, played a little sort of one-two off off uh, off Ledley, and he just cushioned it into his path. Perfect yeah. little uh, yeah. little one-two, and he can he can play the simple yeah. 15 yard passes in any area, any part of the pitch. And he, and he does that. He does that on purpose, doesn't he? Like yeah. he doesn't. He never sprays it 40 yards. He leaves the Hollywood stuff to Huddleston, doesn't he? Yeah. And he just does what he's good at and doesn't take any risks. And in in that route team, he must absolutely love that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure when he was younger, he used to be a left winger. So it doesn't surprise me he's got that sort of technical ability too. Um, maybe lost a little bit of pace. I'm not. I didn't follow his early career too much, but um, he seems to have moved into the centre and he likes to break up play. And so if he had played that Reading game, he probably, probably what would we be if we if we'd won that game? We'd be like fourth. So and he joined us when we were what 17th or something. So yeah. <laughs> should we do a guess the goal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sounds good. It's time. So this is the new feature we introduced in episode nine where we play a commentary clip and uh, all the people in our podcast listener land have to send us, uh, have to tell us three things. Tell us the score, the season and the opponent. And if you get all those all those three things right, then you get a shout out on this podcast. So last week... You lucky souls. Isn't it just? All that exposure. <laughs> have, you, have you got a jingle for this one yet? I'm working on it. I'll, 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 I, can, I can help you. I can do, I've got like, a goal. <laughs> After you crunch. Rubbish. <laughs> Uh, so last week, if you remember, it was Morton Biscard scoring in a 1-0 away win at Morty. Sheffield United mm. in 2004-2005. Uh, so on a couple of correct guesses, at Derby County Talk on Twitter, they got it right, well done to you. And uh, JG400 on the dcfcfans.uk forum also steamed in with a correct answer. So we'll come back... In the second half, with more Derby County chat, we're going to speak to a Middlesbrough fan about the upcoming game this Saturday, how their season's gone, a bit of Cyrus Christie, see how he's doing. And Tom's done a bit of digging into the academy, the under-23s, and who's likely to get any first-team action. But in the meantime, here is Guest of Goal, and we'll see you in part two. Jamie Ward. Nice ball in, super finish. That should seal it for Derby. Chris Martin with his 22nd goal of the season. Powell again. There's Villains. Asanovic. Welcome back to Steve Bloomer's Washing, the Derby County fan podcast. Now the Rams go to the Riverside on Saturday for an away trip to Middlesbrough. On the phone now, we've got Graham Kirby from the Borough Podcast. Graham, are you there? How are you doing? Yeah, very well. Thanks for having us on. So, uh, Borough have been uh, slow starters this season, but they're now in the playoffs after a 2-0 win over Birmingham in midweek. Uh, have Borough hit top gear now, Graham, or is there sort of more to come from them, do you think? Uh, we're still trying to figure that out ourselves, to be honest. I think there is some more to come. We, uh, You're right to say we did start slowly. We had a couple of questionable results, but then just before the recent international break, had three three wins in a week, albeit against mostly lower table opposition, and then came back from the international break, bit of a hiccup at Leeds, uh, and we're hoping that our result last night at Birmingham was us getting back on track. Borough came down last season. Have you kept much of that squad together, which uh, which got relegated, or has it been a bit of a, a bit of a makeover for Gary Monk this season? In the most part, there was obviously some quite notable departures. People that were here on loan, the kind of Alvaro Negredo, Victor Valdez. Uh, they were only here for the one-year loan deals anyway. Martin Daroon, albeit a permanent signing, ended up going straight back to where we bought him from at a small profit, I should add. So, um, but generally, that the spine of the team, uh, there's a lot of familiar faces from our last 
successful promotion campaign two years ago, so uh, with a few notable additions, obviously, uh, been well documented. We spent a bit of money in the summer. Brother Sombolonga came in 15 million. Martin Braithwaite has been a wonderful purchase from Toulouse in France, recent Danish international, so uh, yeah, some big names coming back in as well. I'll take it, you know, immediately bouncing back and promotion is, is the aim amongst amongst Borough fans. Is that, are you sort of where you expected to be at this point in the season? Generally, across the board, I'd say Borough fans are probably, were expecting to be further up the table at this point. Um, so there's some people perhaps getting a little bit impatient with, with it, wanting to, um, wanting to, after having spent that sort of money. And, and with a very, very good squad, um, a lot of people's, um, pre-season promotion favourites Borough fans I think we're expecting them to be a bit further up the table but Championship as, as, <laughs> as our fans should well remember uh, from our last time there just doesn't quite work like that and so um, it's taken a bit of time for Monk to think to I think get his, um, his kind of theories across uh, there was quite a few different um, formations and lineups tried in the kind of uh, early-ish part of the season so it seems like he's settled on a system and a group of players that he wants to play with. It's just perhaps building upon that now and uh, building a bit of consistency. We've um, we've actually we've yet to see it in I suppose a big game against a bigger team. So uh, this weekend uh, hosting you guys is actually going to be a big test for us. I think. So how do you think Gary Gary Monk will set Borough up at the weekend? And uh, you know who are the who are the who are the players that Derby have to look out for on Saturday? Uh, well, it's, it's been a fairly consistent lineup in the last last four games. There's been the odd change here and there, a couple of forced by injury and suspension. Generally, we're setting up in a, a 4-4-2 slash 4-2-3-1, uh, depending on whether we're attacking or defending. bit of a blow from our Birmingham big game midweek was Johnny Housen picking up his fifth yellow card of the season, so he's actually suspended for your visit. Um, we'll welcome... Cyrus Christie back into the 11 I expect he's just come back from a one match suspension in the Birmingham City game uh, in our previous manager's reign we had a, uh, quite a kind of proud defensive record um, our defence is looking pretty solid again this year so we try and keep it nice and tight at the back um, and have quite an attacking and a dynamic front four generally Braithwaite uh, a very very talented player for this level um, and uh, Sombolong is obviously um coming into the goals as well recently so um, fairly confident but uh, still still it's a tough game it's a big test for us I think You mentioned uh, the defence there in particular you right back Cyrus Christie who obviously Derby fans know very well having spent a couple of seasons with us before moving to Middlesbrough in the summer how's he, how's he settled in there it seems like it's been a bit of a revelation for you guys like, you know he's really hit the ground running He really has I think it's fair to say that um, from generally from uh, Borough fans the, the signings of Cyrus Christie and Darren Randolph were, weren't greeted with kind of uh, a huge amount of enthusiasm. Good, solid players, but I don't think people were kind of hugely impressed. Um, but to be honest, both of them, uh, Cyrus especially, have, have really won the fans over. Their performances have been uh, absolutely brilliant. Cyrus has been a, kind of settled in really well, it seems, and looks like he's uh, actually one of our best and most consistent performers through, throughout the whole season. His sale in the summer was one which did divide the fans to an extent, but I guess not for very long because Andre Wisdom came in fairly quickly in the summer. But he's uh, it was a bit of a curious one because he did have a, a few choice words to say about his time at Derby when he left, which I don't know if the Middlesbrough fans were particularly aware of. Um, he sort of said there were moments that he didn't enjoy at Derby and uh, you know he had good seasons and a few bad games 
and they made me feel like I'd had a whole bad season. Then he went on to say, or he was quoted as saying, it's a massive weight off my shoulders. I feel like I've had a new lease of life, which put a few noses out of joint amongst the uh, Derby fan base. But it sounds like yeah. from what he said there that, he, as, as you say, he has settled in very well and, uh, you know, like he's, he's played there for a long time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, I think, to be honest, uh, me personally, I, I wasn't too, uh, I didn't really have any knowledge of any of that at all, to be honest. Uh, I'm not sure whether Borough fans generally would have done. The first inclination, the first indication I had on, of there being perhaps a bit of acrimony in his departure was when, weirdly enough, a, a Middlesbrough fan TV channel, like a YouTube type uh, setup, managed to get an interview with Christie's grandfather after Christie had got a late equaliser for us at Craven Cottage earlier this season. I can't remember his exact words, but he alluded to the fact that, that Cyrus hadn't been altogether happy at Derby. And that was my first, like I say, that was the first time I'd heard anything of it. Strange one, I suppose, but um, I'm sorry to hear he uh, give you a little dig on the way out. But uh, so far, his performances for us have been really marvellous. So he's, he's a bit of a favourite, to be honest. Well, you know, th- these things happen. And to be honest, it's sort of water under the bridge, I hope. Although it probably won't be when he comes, when he comes back to Pride Park. But, you know, you just have to move <laughs> on, don't you? But uh, speaking of old boys... Obviously, Cyrus Christie's there as well, but uh, some Derby fans might forget that there's also uh, Patrick Bamford and Ryan Shotton in Borough's ranks. Uh, do they get much of a game these days for you guys? Uh, Bamford made uh, quite an impressive cameo in our victory against Birmingham last night. He hasn't been in the match day squad for the previous three games uh, in that week before the international break. Um, so he'll be pushing for a place. The, it would appear that Monk hasn't quite decided or settled on who he wants on the left. Uh, of our attacking four, if you like. Downing seems a pretty uh, regular fixture on the right. Um, so there might be an opportunity. There's a, there was a bit of discussion on social media in the last couple, uh, throughout today after his performance last night that he might come back into the team, perhaps in that role on the left. He operated in a similar sort of position, albeit from the right, during our last uh, during his last time with us. It was actually our failed playoff promotion. Ryan Shotton, we haven't seen a great deal of at all, to be honest. Uh, it's one performance in the league so far, if I'm not mistaken, and one where he didn't look altogether solid. So um, uh, he and Dale Fry, who's a young academy product of ours, are the two kind of reserve centre-backs, if you will. So uh, He seems like he's in a similar position at Borough to the one he was in at Derby, when he was sort of a squad player, really, and, a, and like a backup centre-half. Derby facing Middlesbrough team with the second-best defensive record this season, just 15 conceded behind Cardiff. And the sec- obviously the second top scorer in the league in Britta Sambalongo scored 11 in the league and five in his last five. Uh, where do you see the game on Saturday being won and lost? I think it'll have a lot to do with what sort of intensity we play with, uh, from our point of view, obviously. Um, we actually tend to do better almost as an away team. Um, so you guys come into our place, I suppose the expectancy being on the home team, team to dictate the tempo and, and perhaps even the possession. Um, I, d- I don't recall the possession stats last night, but for the three before our international break, they all had more pos- more possession than us, even in the home game. So uh, uh, it'd be interesting to see how Monk wants to set us up in that game against, obviously, you guys are level on points with us in the league, albeit with a game in hand. Um, so I'll be really interested to see how uh, how he wants to set that up. We, uh, I mean, the, our game at Leeds really lacked intensity, so I think the Borough fans will be looking for a real reaction because, I mean, Birmingham, as looked like uh, was with yourselves, QPR looked like they rolled over, to be honest, against you guys. They looked like they offered very little and Birmingham were the same for us. So uh, both teams uh, seem to have come through the midweek fixtures at a bit of a canter, so... Uh, I think it'll be a much, obviously will be a much tougher test, but um, I think 
especially referring back to our Leeds performance, we really need to up the intensity, to be honest. Graham, we'll leave it there for now, but what's it, just before you go, what's your prediction for the uh, for the result on Saturday? I'm going 2-1, Borough. Sorry. Don't have to apologise, that's fine. It's <laughs> what I expected, really. Uh, I'll go for a score draw. <laughs> I think with Derby's record up, up at your place being absolutely appalling, I don't think we've won there in... 16 or 17 years uh, since sort of the, yeah. uh, the turn of the century. I think what I, I think most Derby fans would bite your hand off for a draw. So that's what yeah. I'll go for. But uh, for the time being, Graham, thanks for your time and all the best for the season. Not at all. Likewise, all the best. Thank you. So that was Graham Kirby from the Borough Podcast. Derby do face a bit of a tricky trip on uh, Saturday, don't they, Coach? We're at a place where we've got literally nothing for a number <laughs> of years. Yeah, love going to the Riverside. Uh, Dire. <laughs> yeah, they, they've picked up form as well. I think they've won six of the last seven, um, just lost to Leeds, um, and they're, they're pretty strong at home. Uh, similar to us, in a way, they started quite slowly and they've kind of made their way up the table over the last couple of months and built, I think, on a quite strong defence. So I imagine it won't be a glorious uh, goal fest, but hopefully we might be able to come away with a nil-nil. <laughs> All we're going to do is just get a draw, beat Ipswich, Two points a game. That's what we did at Fulham, Fulham and QPR. Yeah, we were well up here that, weren't we? Delighted. I think if um, if we manage to keep Middlesbrough out for the first 10-15 minutes, I think that we'll be in a much obviously better position to do that. Borough, whenever we play there, we concede in the first five minutes every time. I swear. We went up there with uh, Patrick Bramford and uh, Co. When uh, and they tore us apart. I mean, Cyrus Chris is going to score the winner, isn't he? Oh, and then he's going, to, he's going to go full Hulk Hogan in the, I, in the away end. I, I am, I am <laughs> depressed thinking about Saturday already. We always get beaten, so my, my one glimmer of <laughs> I hope. I've got a good feeling. My one glimmer of hope is that when it was a similar situation when we went to Norwich this season. Norwich were also quite good at home, solid. Well, they weren't tearing the world apart or anything, but they were solid, and we did a job on them. And I think maybe Garrett, this Gary Rout team is the kind of team that would be there. It would see out the early stages of the game mm. and, 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 and play its way into a position to maybe get a result. So I'm not as pessimistic as you two, but you know, I understand it is the Riverside Stadium. The last time we won there, Malcolm Christie scored, our old friend. Friend of the podcast, Malcolm yeah. Christie. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Listen to that one if you haven't done already. Steve Lim is watching 10. Um, so in the second half, you just want us to sort of move on to the younger players the under 23s who are flying at the moment aren't they Tom they had a great string of results beat West yeah. Ham West Ham's youth team 5-1 yeah. at London Stadium the other week Darren Wassell was doing a, a very credible job there but obviously the whole point of an under 23 side is to provide talent for the first team um, yeah. it's a, that's a big deal for Mel Morris isn't it although he's made a point of that Clement literally lost his job because of that mm. or so we're led to believe um, and it being part of the Derby way, as as they say, that there's a path <laughs> to the first team. So, Tom, you've looked at the under-23s. There's a, there's a few names in there, isn't there? But which ones do you consider uh, the closest to making regular first-team appearances? The, the interesting thing about the under-23s, we've been, uh, they're very much a flair team by comparison. We score a lot of goals and are quite creative, um, which is perhaps different to the first team. Uh, Luke Thomas is certainly someone who I'd have mentioned before before Tuesday. He obviously made his debut then. Um Getting, as you might have seen from the Gary Rowett quote, uh, his position wrong. But um, he's 18 We'll comment on that later. But yeah, he's, yeah. Uh, he's a prospect, isn't he? Yeah, um, he signed from Cheltenham. I remember him signing and it been, there being quite a few teams in there. I think uh, perhaps Man United were in there, but certainly some Premier League teams were up for him. Uh, and he was impressed with the setup that we had at Derby, which is obviously credit to us um, having that academy set up uh, and the base and t- taking it seriously in the youth team. Um, so Luke Thomas obviously looks a prospect uh, of sort of playing on the wing. Zanzala scored, scored quite a few goals, but... 
The thing I'd say with him, he's 21. He hasn't played much first team action ever. A uh, couple of couple of appearances for Stevenage, so you'd, you'd be expecting him to kick onto that. And similar with Charles Vernon, he made his debut uh, in the FA Cup game against West Brom. You might remember that in the yeah. FA Cup third round last year. And um, came off the bench. He did pretty well for 10 or 15 minutes. So they're the sort of names that have stuck out recently. Alex Babos, again, another sent, uh, another guy in midfield. He's been called up for the Wales under 21. So um, plenty of players in there. One one area we could imp- we can improve a team is is the quality in the wide positions. We know what Tom Lawrence gives us. Mm. We know what Wyman and Russell give us. Those two give us energy, but not a lot of maybe um, flair. And maybe Luke Thomas is a, is a really good option if, if they can get him involved with the squad more. I could see him maybe breaking in this season if he has a couple of impacts off the bench. Whereas, you know, look at Char- Charles Vernon's a striker as well, right? Yeah. And, and Zanzala is a striker. We're pretty well stocked. So I can't see those two getting into the squad when, when Winnell and Martin can't get in the first team. Well, Robert was very on message the other day, wasn't he? He said uh, he sort of came out deliberately and told Radio Derby that, you know, he's, he's given five players... A first team debut from the youth team this season he said it's very difficult when we have so many players but we want to expose these young players to first team football I think it's five young players we're given our debuts this season and then he went on to talk about Luke Thomas who uh, came on for a few minutes towards the end of the QPR game uh, Thomas he joined from Cheltenham in January 2016 and spent last season on loan at Gloucester City uh, I said that he um, he was going to put him on and he, gave, he sort of had a word in his ear and gave him some important information before he entered the field for his debut. And he said that he told Thomas, uh, start on the right and put Andy Vyman onto the left. So Luke Thomas went on and Rowett said he got a bit overawed by the occasion and sent Andy Vyman on the right and went over to the left. So <laughs> got his left and right next up on his first team debut, which isn't ideal, is it? <laughs> no, let's, uh, let's look over that and, uh, you know, hopefully... There'll be more appearances from him in the future, Tom. Yeah, I think so. He looks he looks a, a talent. He's obviously been playing well for the under twenty threes. I think with him in the it's a longer term process. We're not going to see him necessarily too much this year. Uh, maybe once or twice. But it'd be interesting to see him maybe get loaded out to a, a lower league team, League One or League Two. Um, two lads that are making some good impressions at Swindon. Um, Tim, Timmy Alsnick, who scored a couple of goals in the FA Cup uh, for Swindon against Dartford, one of them was a cracker. Um, it's unfortunately picked up a few injuries, but Kellen Gordon's getting rave reviews. I had a, a troll through the um, Swindon forum, and they're really impressed with him. He scored the winner, I think, last week. He scored a couple of goals in 10. Um, Elsnick plays in a similar way, from what I understand. He plays down the wing to Thomas, so he could be one that maybe, if he gets himself fit, plays well, could come back. I think it's all well and good, Rowett, saying about how he's given debuts to five players this season from the academy. But, you know, how valuable is just a one-off appearance off the bench and then they go back to the under-23s and you don't see them again for a six months to, to a year? You need to build momentum, don't yeah, you? Yeah, you need to build some momentum. It's, it's almost like, and I don't want to criticise him for this because at the end of the day he's paid to win football matches with the first team and that's the most important thing right now. If it, it seems like it's just a bit of a token gesture, particularly when he says it that way. And like it's like, oh, I've got to, you know, look look at us at what we're doing. It's a bit like Mourinho saying he's got a great record of bringing players through, which just isn't true. Um, I'm not really criticising him for it. I just think that it's definitely not to the same extent when we had Hendrick, Hughes, you know, even going back to Mark O'Brien playing in the team regularly. And I'm not blown away by the prospects in our academy right now. The, the irony is, is that we, the reason why they're not getting maybe as many minutes as you'd, you'd imagine is because we're very well stocked with sort of bloke, over, over 30 experience, aren't we? Yeah. yeah. Um, and when those players are in there with hundreds over a thousand appearance, championship appearances between them. Um, why? Why would you just yeah. chuck these uh, chuck these naive youngsters in at a crucial stage of the season, Tom? Yeah, it's a good question. Like, why would you? Because there's so much pressure on there. So yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, 
we all want the young players to succeed, but at the same time, we all want the team to be moving in the right direction. So it's a difficult balancing act that Rauer has, and uh, we'll see what decisions he makes. So let's move on to... We had guessed a goal before the break, didn't we? Mm, you, yeah. you two couldn't get it, could you? No. All right. <laughs> <laughs> no, we couldn't. Cheers, Chris. Yeah, thanks. I thought it was a nice, easy one. But I thought uh, we had some guesses, though. You did, all of which were wrong. Yeah, but anyway, it's, it's, you know, you know, just taking part accounts, isn't it? I'll tweet you later with the answer. As you, yeah. as you repeatedly tell me, yeah. Um, so yeah, guess the goal. Send in your guesses to us on Twitter. It's uh, at Steve Bloomer Pod. I changed the handle the other day because of old Twitter's two hundred eighty character count. I got really confused, Chris. I Literally, no one cares it. about that. But no. I'm, just, I'm just thinking out loud, to be honest. Um, <laughs> so yeah, at Steve Bloomer Pod. Can you explain Steve to me Bloomer's again watching. why you changed the name of the podcast on Twitter? No, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. <laughs> you wouldn't understand, frankly. Uh, we're on Facebook and Instagram as well, or you can email steveblumerswashing at gmail.com. Send us your guesses, and we'll give you a shout out next week if you get it right. But in terms of these two cretins in front of me, it's a bit harsh. So much abuse. I'm both ill. I'm going to quit. 5 3 uh, on, on old Who Ram I. At mm. the start of the podcast, I gave you uh, this player. Played. I'm just finding his uh, the relevant page. I played 61 times for Derby County between 2008 and 2010. Tom Martin Albrechtson. That was going to be my guess as well. Incorrect. Uh, Richard, go on. I think it's wrong. Mark O'Brien. No, he's a youth. Yeah, no, he was. Uh, Incorrect. Clue number two. A bit earlier as well. The clubs later in my career included Millwall, Crawley, Luton. Richard. Theo Robinson. No. Oh, that's a good guess. But it's not right. Tom. Ryan Smith. Also not right. God, we had some abysmal players at that period, didn't we? Millwall, Rotherham. Millwall, Crawley, Luton Town. Tom. Claude Davis. <laughs> no, he did play, you know, no, he did play at Crawley, didn't he? He did later on. You can't have another guess in that round. Right, yeah, that's true. Stockport County, Airbus UK, <laughs> Banger City, and uh, yeah, that's it. He appeared to retire in 2017, oh. and he was a defender. Yeah. That's clue number three. Uh, Richard. Go on. Mark Edworthy? Nope. No. He played for all those clubs after he, after he played for Dark. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So 2008, 2010, it's obviously signed by 61 appearances. So he played basically both those full seasons. Tom, you can chuck one in for clue number four. Um, who's the left back that banged in that goal? Which was on Richard. No, you Jordan, had your, Jordan you had, Stewart. You had your guess for clue three, but it's not. But it's not Jordan Stewart. Okay, that's... I'll let you have it because Tom <laughs> had two guesses at clue number two. Yeah, that's fine. That's right. Next clue. Clue please, number four. This is going to be the, the killer. This is a money shot. I started my career and made 162 <laughs> appearances. With Plymouth Argyle. Oh, I can see him. He was tall and yeah. lanky. Ah! Oh my god. <laughs> he was kind of exciting for a little bit, uh, but didn't. He really, really wasn't. No? <laughs> no. He's a right back. Yeah. Oh yeah. my god, I've... his name. What is it? It's going to be another one of these podcasts where we sit here in silence trying to think of his name. <laughs> I'm, I'm up editing the silence out until <laughs> two in the morning. <laughs> what the hell is his name? So any any guesses? Can I move on to clue number five? Well, no, because we know who it is. Yeah, what, go yeah, on, give, give us the clue. Oh, you know who it is, I said. <laughs> you, you both Defend point Point each. <laughs> Next clue, come on. Clue number five. I oh, left Derby County in 2010, and I went to Leeds United. Oh, come on. Oh, what? No, that's completely throwing me. I, I don't remember him playing for... I it doesn't matter, because it's, it's still the same person, yeah. Tom. I could, it's <laughs> just a name we're missing. But that's, that's what I mean, like... It, <laughs> Oh dear. He was, he was um, let's, let's, quite let's, boring looking. Let's let's recap. 
defender. 61, 61 games yeah, yeah. for Derby. Fullback. 2008-2010. Started my career at Plymouth. Went to Derby. Played 61 games. Then went to Leeds. I'm not really sure... Well, no, you can't know because we know no. who it is. We just don't know his name, and it's it's like Field or Gray. <laughs> <laughs> Something boring. Uh, I was born in Liverpool, and oh I'm God. currently aged 34, <laughs> and I'm a right back, and I don't have a huge amount of hair. And he was tall, wasn't he? Not massively. <laughs> what was his Wikipedia? Six height? foot one, apparently. Six foot one. Oh, what was his bloody name? I can see him. This was like a, a another period. I think of we're time. looking at the first ever Who Ram I double disqualification. Yeah. yeah. Is a, is, did he play for anyone else between Plymouth and us? It's not going to help you. No, he signed him from Plymouth. He was a Plymouth. He came from their academy, and it was a, it was hard for him to leave. He got him on a free transfer, I believe. Paul Connolly, Tom. Paul Connolly. Correct. Yes. <laughs> Finally, it took ages. You know what? I Man alive. I wasn't thinking of Paul Connolly. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> well, put us out of misery once Jesus. again. Did he say Tom? I did say Tom. <laughs> I quantified it after six three. Then uh, any other business before we go? Uh, Paul Connolly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Will Hughes um, yeah, well done finally him. got some appearance time and yeah. sounds like he nailed it. I mean, I didn't, I didn't yeah. see the game against West Ham. Finished it nicely. He's got. But he's, and he's scored a good goal. He, uh, he assisted Richardson, I believe, for yeah. his goal. And um, a few, I've got a few Watford friends who are season ticket holders. Yeah. And they were really impressed, and they said he looked absolutely at yeah. home in the Premier League, which I think. Most of us thought he would do if he was playing a team playing football, and Watford do play good football. Yeah. I think he would suit that, and uh, hopefully, hopefully, he keeps his position. And yeah, fair play to him. I think we all want him to do well. On other X-Ram news, Sean Barker scored for Burton this week. Yeah, yeah. Was it yeah. Bur- was it Burton's first yeah. team? Yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah. Was it? Yeah. Who against? I, I just saw a tweet. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it looked. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe, it was, maybe it was a tweet from four maybe years ago. Quality level of research goes into this <laughs> It was his first goal since 2010, I believe. Was that against like Forest or something like that? Did you score in training and they decided to tweet it or something? <laughs> <laughs> Nigel Clough is a big fan, so possibly. Nigel's just following him around at training. But, you know, it bodes well because they're, they're playing us soon and, of course, Sean Barker's going to score against us, yeah. isn't he? God, You'll never be... beat Sean Barker. Sean Barker and Jake Buxton versus Derby County's 2017 yeah. cohort. Yeah. That'll be emotional. Uh, Anything else, Chris? Uh, nope, nothing for now. We're going to return for episode 12 in a couple of weeks, hopefully, depending on our various forms of availability and yeah. health. Christmas calendars. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when Derby will have played Borough and Ipswich and Burton Albion and Aston Villa. And we're going to do a Christmas special, aren't we? We are going to do a Christmas special. Yeah. Maybe you're, we should do... We've got tinsel on order, haven't we? Yeah, got tinsel. Carols. Got my Derby County Santa's hat. And maybe we should, maybe we should encourage one of those horrendous... Uh, Christmas pun Derby County 11s big time until then Richard Kutcher thanks for your time cheers Tom Martin a pleasure as always yeah thanks Chris bye for now